You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am so excited to introduce you to Alan, who is a retail merchandising specialist with over 25 years experience in the consumer electronics industry. His knowledge of computers is unrivaled in the company. As category officer, Alan oversees a team that ensures Best Buy offers the latest and greatest computing and digital imaging products. His role includes managing vendor relationships, purchasing, forecasting, and team leadership. Alan holds a BSc in business technology from Montana State University. And when he's not building computers and checking out emerging tech products, Alan enjoys spending time with his family. Alan, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So tell me about Best Buy. What, what is kind of like when you go to a Best Buy, and, and maybe I don't even know if you go on your day offs, but let's just say you go on your day off. What's the area that you're most drawn to, and what do you love going to and, and, and checking out? Well, typically I'd always go and, and visit the computer departments first, and part of that is just to see if everything is being executed the way that we envision it, sometimes in, in the office or now that we're working from home, we, it's all on a spreadsheet. And so you, you kind of see it in your mind in a certain way. And so when you go to the store, you want to see that it's actually happening the way that you envision it. And if not, then you know, I'll be taking some pictures, contacting my team to, to have them make some adjustments that they can then filter down to the stores. Uh, it used to be a weekly thing with uh, my son, who uh, is only three years old now, but he loved going to Best Buy mostly so he could like, push the buttons on all the different things. Uh, so we'd always go on Saturday or Sunday to the usually to the West Vancouver location and uh, go pretty much to the whole store and check stuff out. And being a, an enthusiast for for computers and consumer electronics, I, I actually like all areas of the store. I, I did the home theater and audio business uh, a little while back, so I'm still pretty pretty keen on those products. And um, you know, I also love smart home technology, so I I still like going in to to see what new products that team has, has brought in to. To market. So I do find it very fun to go visit our stores. And it's uh, unfortunate with COVID, I haven't gone very much, just um, more out of necessity if I need to pick something up. Uh, but I uh, kind of miss that casual just stopping by and checking out the, the cool stuff. No, it's like a, an adult candy shop. It's so cool yeah, to absolutely. see what's there and what's new. So uh, gaming is a huge, huge part of our, our world today, e- even more so as people are spending more time at home. Uh, marketers that are listening, advertisers are trying to understand this world. Why don't you give us kind of a one-on-one, dive us into what is the difference, for example, of a PC gamer versus a console versus an arcade gamer? Yeah, sure. So a, a lot of times people ask me that because I've got the computing business, they're like, oh, well, you must only care about you know computer gaming or PC gaming, as we call it. And it's well, sure, that's the part that I care about the most, but I'm really excited about all areas of gaming. And, and the reason for that is because I, th- I think once somebody gets into gaming as, as a hobby or as an activity or as leisure activity, th- they're going to continue to be a gamer probably for the rest of their life in, in some aspect or another. And so I see a lot of the, the, the simple devices, whether it's playing games on phones or tablets or, or small devices, to, to be kind of that gateway into you know, the gaming ecosystem. And so when I think of a, a couple of things I'm, I'm going to talk about, first thing is that um, you know, gaming is a snack versus a meal. And and what I mean by that is that, you know, a lot of people, especially I think now, looking for these these short little bursts of activity they can have. It's the ability to play, you know, short rewarding you know, bursts as a stress reliever or a transition event or a time killer, 
for some people, it could be that, you know, they're really you know, busy day and in between meetings, they just need to, to kind of de-stress. And so, so they play for a few minutes. I sometimes I'll do that at the end of the day, just kind of before I kind of go to my family, just a, a few minutes of, of quick gameplay just to kind of... What's your go-to game? What's your what's your quick game? I've been playing Call of Duty. I can I find you can kind of play an online match in like between five to 10 minutes yeah. and then it's over and you're not feeling like you're there's anything lingering. It's just like a hard stop and it's done. You don't have to get caught up in the storyline or a complex mission. It's just a quick, fun session. And, you know, and, and this kind of snacking mentality, it's platform agnostic. So people can play it on their phone. My wife plays a lot of Angry Birds on her phone. So yes. she'll just you know, play a few rounds of her game or some of those uh, you know, Candy Crush or bubble popping type games. There's a lot oh, yeah. tons and tons of games like that. And they can be online or offline. Yeah, my brother, who's a, who's a doctor in a hospital, in his free day, he'll play Clash of Clans. Right. Yeah. And and he's told me one time he's walking down the hallway, he's in the hallway walking down playing it, and he sees another doctor who's also playing it. And it's such a this stress reliever for them in, in a very stressful job. Yeah, people need I mean, if you go to a place where you're on transit or in a waiting room, you see people doing this all the time. It's just a you know very quick type of uh, gaming. So um, you know, because it's across all different platforms, I, I think it, it's a great way for people to to have that type of fun gaming experience without having to get tied up into, you know, again, the, the big story uh, that, that some games offer. I've been, I've been getting addicted to uh, Sneaky Sasquatch on the Apple Arcade, which is, uh, actually, I didn't realize, but is, is made right here in Vancouver, which is pretty oh, exciting. Cool. So it has elements of, like, the BC ferries and the mountains, and it's, it's yeah. actually pretty cool. Well, when I used to travel a lot more for business, I, I played this game called Hungry Shark Revolution, or Evolution, maybe it was. But anyway, it's uh, you play it on a phone or a tablet, and you just kind of touch the shark and drag him around and eat stuff. And the more he eats, the bigger he gets. And it's just, you know, a really simple thing that while you're waiting for your plane to take off, you know, it was something you could play for a few minutes and, you know, just quick, simple things. And when you're playing Call of Duty, you're putting on a headset and you're playing on your your PC, correct? That's the, yeah. that's the way yeah, to play I, it? I'm, now I'm, I only play on PC. I, I haven't actually bought a new console for a long, long time. I've, I've built a new PC usually at least one a year, sometimes multiple. I think this year I ended up building two new computers. So um, yeah, I've got a pretty good setup for PC gaming. So tell us about that. So if you're, maybe give us the DNA or the difference between like a PC gamer, and I, which I assume is a lot of like you're using Steam within your PC versus say like the consoles with that whole console war. What's going on with those? Yeah, so Steam is just one of the many different places where people can get games it's steam or origin or um it could be uh, any number of places you can get a pc game so when i think of pc gaming versus console it's sometimes people joke about well which ones are better or certain people are real gamers but i think anybody who games is a real gamer i think that that's how i see it but what i like about the pc gaming experience is that I like the ability to customize it. I like being able to, you know, tweak the textures and in some cases change the settings in the game. When when you're playing on a console, it, it, it it's whatever they designed it to be, that's that's what you're seeing. There's, there's not a lot of a, a changing of the settings. And because I build pretty powerful computers, I can kind of max out the performance of the game. And so I've got an ultra wide screen monitor so I can enjoy my game in a really widescreen, high resolution format. You know, and if the if the your publisher that game comes out with a higher resolution, you know, texture pack, you know, can load that in and, and you know enjoy that on 
as well. So there's a lot of those different type of tweaks. And, and in some cases, people actually like to hack the game a lot. You'll hear about this. And, and it's not, not, not a, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, in a very positive way, there's a lot of games that have become very well known for, for mods or hacks where people have gone in and, and added really unique things to it. Uh, Grand Theft Auto V is really big with that, where people have created all these different unique things that you can only enjoy that on a PC if you if you uh, want to want to do that. So that's a pretty cool part of it. And, and like I said, with the performance, you know, having the much higher frame rates. A lot of the consoles are tied to a very specific frame rates because that's kind of what the hardware is capable of doing. So the game publisher has has limited to deliver performance that they know is going to be okay on on that format. You know, one of the games that's pretty controversial that came out recently is uh, Cyberpunk 2077. If you've got a really high-performance PC like I do, it, it runs fantastic. It's a beautiful game, high resolution, runs great, but there's a lot of people who weren't very satisfied with how that game ran on some of the older consoles. And the newer consoles ran it pretty well. But so it's one of those things that these publishers have been trying to please everybody, but in some cases, they don't really keep everybody happy. So there's, there's that challenge with the console. You know, with the the PC, the other thing, which from a from a Best Buy perspective, which I kind of like, is that you know we got a lot of young people who are right now are are educating from home that are like, hey, mom, dad, I need a computer for for my work, for my homework, I need to do uh, you know Zoom classes now. So they're they're going out to get a new computer, and they convince their their parents to get them a little bit more power than maybe they need, and then now they're they're doing their homework, but they also have the ability to play games. So you kind of get that multi-purpose study, work, game kind of machine. Also, business professionals, if you're spending eight to ten hours a day sitting in front of your computer, you know you might want something a little bit more powerful than you would have had in a traditional office environment, so that either your work is faster and more seamless, or like me, if you want to squeeze a few minutes of gaming in at the end of the day, you've got that ability as well. Now, on the console side. The, the pros with console is that, you know, it, it's very simple. You know, you don't have to be very technical. You just plug it in, connect it to your TV, put the, the disc in or download the game and turn it on and it just works. You don't need to worry about drivers. You don't need to worry about settings. You don't need to worry about any of that stuff. So no very, fans. Yeah, very yeah. simple stuff, right? Um, there's also in console that you'll see access to exclusive games like Nintendo and Sony are pretty uh, famous for this, where if you want to play a Mario game, you better get, you know, a Nintendo because you're not going to be playing playing Mario on your PC, right, or on your Xbox or on your PlayStation. It's it's it, it's very exclusive to that platform, and Sony's got a few that are like that as well. Now it's Spider Spider Man Miles Morales. Yeah, yeah exactly. So in some cases, people will have multiple uh, platforms. They might have multiple consoles or have a, a, a gaming PC plus have a console. You know, there's also, um, you know, friend compatibility. If, if you only have, uh, you know, a PlayStation and we want to play a game, it's not all games can play cross-platform. You know, the Call of Duty, as I mentioned before, that's cross-platform online. So when I'm playing online, I'm playing against people who are playing on Xbox, or playing on people that are PS5. It, it, it has the ability to, to do that, but not all games have that ability. So you, you sometimes might have to get the same platform as your friend if you want to play online with your friend. Yeah, my son loves it. Was it NBA Two K, PlayStation? Yeah. It, it became the social place to hang out during a time when they were all at home. Yeah, I, find, I think that's that's pretty common, and you hear it in the games, like the, the chats, where a lot of people who are, who are good friends, they, you know, they're they're doing it online because they can't hang out, you know, in real life. Now they're to be playing a game together, and they're they're chatting about regular stuff that they would have been chatting about if they're if they're. Uh, would have been hanging out in, in person. So it kind of provides that, that social aspect where uh, they might not have that elsewhere. 
So tell me about this, the rhythms of like, I watched them go from like Fortnite all day, every day over to, you know, Y2K or NBA 2K and then over to Call of Duty now. And, yeah. and how does that work in the gaming world where they transition from game to game? Well, it, it's a very um, trend-driven where you know, something becomes popular. It could be driven by uh, aesthetics of a game where all of a sudden the game is able to get um, you know, new content that, that people want to see or they get celebrity endorsement. Sometimes you hear about certain celebrities like, like basketball players or other athletes that are decided to play online in a particular game and then it gets people interested in that game or they want to play play it or there's one case uh, i forget what game it was but um you know snoop dogg was playing a game i think it was an nba game actually he's playing an nba game and he's playing against regular people and uh, it, i guess the game didn't go his way and he rage quit but while well, he was streaming the game so uh, you, you see that happening where people are see different celebrities or athletes or other people that they hear playing a particular game so it gets them interested in that game or yeah. if you know the popular kid at school might be might have no longer be playing Fortnite, and he might be playing you know, Call of Duty, and and so people, all the friends, want to jump on that, and it becomes um, gaming's become one of those things that has made people popular. It used to be, you know, all the athletes have been were the ones that are popular. Now, if you're that that guy who's got a thousand followers on your Twitch stream because you know you're really good at Fortnite or really good at Call of Duty, people are going to want to play what you're playing so that they can try to either play with you or, in some cases, they want to challenge the you know the guy that's good to see if they can you know beat him in the game. Right. There's a lot of that going on where you see some of these, you know, professionals or, or people that are, are really big streamers that are, are kind of complaining about it a little bit because they're, when they're playing, they see people just ju- try to jump into their game just because they want to get them. And they have people just targeting them in the game rather than playing to try to solve the game. They're playing to try to target the expert. Was it Drake played with a guy named Ninja yeah. at one point on Fortnite? Yeah. Yeah. And tell us the role that Twitch plays in all of this world. Well, Twitch, is, which is a platform that's owned by Amazon, is primarily just the, the streaming platform. So the main purpose that most people have with Twitch is that while they're playing the game, they'll be live streaming themselves playing the game. And so if you're really good at a game, it's typically you know the people who are on there, people want to watch that, just like they'd want to watch a professional athletes play it, you know, a basketball game or you know, golf or any, any of the other sports. They want to see their heroes, you know, play around a Fortnite or play around a Call of Duty and see how they do it. And it's uh, become a mass following in these, these live events as well. You know, back before COVID, there would be arenas that would have, you know, you know 30,000 people packing into an arena to watch people in that arena playing World of Warcraft or whatever game it would be that they'd be playing. League of Legends was a big one that, that drew tons yeah. of people, right? So it's uh, become where the the impressions of people watching the game uh, w- would exceed that of the Super Bowl, right? And the prize money involved w- would be in the millions of dollars of, of these people, especially the big League of Legends one. That those ones are massive. It's you know stadium. You know we had one in I think it was the year before last where it was in Vancouver, and uh, the amount of um, the people that were interested in that was really incredible. And I think that it was the first time it was in Vancouver. Originally, I think they were going to have it in Seattle, but it ended up being in Vancouver that year, which was pretty cool. Yeah, it's wild to see that. Was it the Aquilinese, the owner of the Canucks, uh, bought themselves an esports team? That's a thing now. You have an esports team uh, that can then compete with other esports teams around the world. Yeah, and, and it's and that's that's of course one thing that's becoming popular with, with you know some of the, the wealthy business people. But the other thing, when you think of what goes into these esports teams, it's not just a bunch of kids sitting around you know playing video games as we might a lot of people might think. You know, they've got 
nutritionists and they've got trainers and they've got uh, practice facilities. It, it's just like any other real traditional sporting environment where these pe- young people are being kept into in their prime so that they can perform much better. You know, I think of myself when I, I'm playing online and playing against you know younger people that are playing like 10 plus hours a day versus me playing like 20 minutes a day. Uh, I'm not going to fare too well against those people because their reflexes are so much better and, and it's just... Uh, you know, it, it's difficult to compete when you're not putting that much time in. Uh, so it's the, the, the training that goes into for those guys to play. It's not just a casual thing. It's it's a, a big deal. So it's, it's pretty cool. Tell me about during kind of this past season, the uh, the Nintendo game, Animal Crossing. It seemed to be the the hit game, the hot game, and, and just that it sold out and it was hard to get. Like you, yeah. you, you could, and, and, and is it now available? Can you now purchase? You it? know, I'm not really sure what the inventory is like on, on that particular game. The um, yeah. the console gaming rolls up to a, a different person within our organization. Uh, but yeah, I remember the Animal Crossing. Game. I've never played it because I don't own a Nintendo. But uh, yeah, I remember hearing people talking about it and you know how it was in so high demand and, and selling out. Uh, I, I think typically Nintendo hasn't appealed to my my gaming style, so it hasn't been something that I've been too interested in. But yeah, I've, I, I know that's been a, a really high demand. My, my understanding is that there's a, a social element online as well, so that people were able to to be online and have, have that that social aspect of it, which is pretty cool. I, I really like that with, with games, especially under the current circumstances, because you know it's um, it can be challenging for people to try to get that social interaction if they're they're not you know going out in their traditional you know circumstances. Yeah. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done so in a sense if someone came to the store and said man there's no ps5s available they really wanted a ps5 and they couldn't get one but if they came to you and said man what's the other option you're saying man you could build a pc and and it would have more uses than just playing video games and you have all the games plus probably even more maybe just not you just can't play spider-man miles morales maybe that's it but but you're saying it opens up a whole world of possibilities and, and and it's like it becomes a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, I, I always would direct people to have a, a gaming PC, and, and whether they built it themselves like I do, or, or go out and, and purchase pre-built systems. And we've got a massive selection of pre-built systems, both in store and online. There's there's hundreds of different units to choose from. So no matter what someone's budget would be, even if they're only budgeting to spend what a PlayStation costs, we would have something that would kind of get them into PC gaming. So you don't really need to know a lot about it. And if you get a pre-built system, usually it's pretty straightforward. You, you know, kind of plug it in, set it up, 
install Steam or wherever else you want to get your games from and, and get going. The nice thing about it is once you get into gaming, if you have a more budget system, you can upgrade the power supply or the video card or the RAM or, or the different components to keep up with, with what your, your needs are as a gamer. So if you find, you know what, this kind of got you into Fortnite. And, and I kind of joke about Fortnite a lot, uh, or at least I, I feel like I used to joke about Fortnite a lot, because what I liked about Fortnite is Fortnite would run on anything. And it was like player unknown battlegrounds. It was the same thing. You could run those games on a phone or a tablet or a ten-year-old computer. You, you could run it on. And so, I think that what the publishers did with those games was just masterful. For it being able to appeal to such a wide audience of gamers, it's, it's something that most games don't have the opportunity to do. And so, because it gets people into it, and if you you know, if you're, if you're a kid and you're just like, oh, hey, everyone's playing Fortnite. And so you want to grab your you know, dad's 10-year-old computer that's kicking around, try Fortnite. And like, hey, yeah, this is pretty cool. But, you know, it could be better. And so then you start, you know, okay, I want a $700 gaming computer. Okay, well, you, you can get one and it'll play it. and It'll be much better than your old computer. And now you play that for a while. And then now you, you start watching Twitch and YouTube and seeing people, you know, what it could look like. And now you realize, well, I should have a $3,000 gaming computer. And so it kind of creates this, you know, gateway into the more premium devices and, and gets those, those, those gamers, you know, taking the gaming a, a lot more seriously. So Alan, I got to ask, tell me about your specs. What do you, what do you, what do you rock in these days? Well, um, on the system here, I'll just, you know, I'm going to pull it up just so I've got it because I upgraded this one recently. So. Uh, right now on the main system I'm using, it's uh, an AMD Ryzen 9 uh, 3900, which is a 12-core processor. Uh, I've got uh, 64 gig of RAM in this computer, so which is overkill for, for anything I'll admit to that. Uh, I've got an NVIDIA 3080 graphics card in there, which is um, more than enough power to run pretty much anything. And uh, I built this system in um, uh, Cosmos. Cooler Masters Cosmos 2 chassis, which is it's an older chassis, but it's it's massive. The thing with nothing in it probably weighs about 50 pounds. And by the time I've uh, built this one together, and I've got liquid cooling in here as well, and uh, tons of fans, and I think about four different SSDs. Uh, I've got a Seagate Firecuda two terabyte drive in there, which is a Gen 4 PCI Express, so it's crazy fast. And then I've also Got some older SSDs I'd kicking around. I put into a RAID array so that it can create a pool of storage for quick use and store some games. Uh, the, the computer stands about 40 inches tall and is um, over 100 pounds. It's, it's a beast. That is amazing. That is amazing. So, okay, so speaking of which, so the demand for accessories to enhance the gaming experience, tell me about that and what are people picking up uh, at their local Best Buy? Yeah, so. Um, it's a couple of things we've seen. So there's the gaming accessories, which have really been taken off. So uh, gaming keyboards, mice are the easy ones because they're typically not too terribly expensive. You can get a, a basic, um, like I'm using a Corsair gaming mouse. It's probably about a $40 mouse, but it's um, a corded. I don't need a cord this one here. So I, I kind of like corded. Yeah. Uh, then you can also get um, premium keyboards anywhere from probably about $50 to about $200, depending on okay. what type of switches you want and the lighting and what you want it made out of. Um, headsets are, are super popular as well because if you're going to be gaming and everybody's at home now, so it's you, you need to have a good headset. Uh, so that part's popular. Webcams are also really big, and because not for gaming so much, but also 
because of people that are working from home or educating from home or doing Zoom or Teams meetings, but also people who want to stream themselves. And streaming themselves in gaming is one thing, and then that's become huge. I mean, even, you know, for myself, I don't stream myself gaming, but sometimes when I'm just playing a casual game, you'll hear people talking about them streaming themselves. And it's not that I'm gaming with anyone who's a professional gamer, but people just want to try doing it. That doesn't really take much to do. You you need a webcam and you need some software, which is free. So once you get the webcam, which most people have for picked up for another purpose, well, then now it's easy to set yourself up as a streamer and you you get your friends checking out on Twitch, you get an accomplishment in the game and you want to talk about it and show it to people. It's, it's kind of cool. So so there's, there's that part. And then, you know, you kind of mentioned networking at the beginning of our our meeting. Uh, Networking has really, really taken off and, and, for the main purpose is once everybody's now at home accessing the internet, most people's network infrastructure wasn't designed to, to feed that much internet to everybody in the house. And, you know, the, the way I see networking and, and internet products, it, it's kind of like your basic infrastructure of your home. You know, if, if you only had one power outlet brought into your house, you'd need to get a bunch of splitters and stuff like that to try to plug everything in. Right. But, you don't do that. You know you're going to need power in every single room and every single device, and you know you're going to need a circuit breaker that's big enough to support all those different things. Some people build their houses, they design that. But when most people got their internet set up, they didn't think about having to have internet to so many devices. So they just get either the, the router that came with their from their ISP, or they've got like a basic router that they've had for many years. And now they're, they've had some challenges with getting you know high-speed internet working properly. So they come to us and they look at what they need to get. And the most popular things are to get, you know, Wi-Fi 6 is the fastest internet that's available or the the uh, Wi-Fi format that's out right now. And a lot of people are also getting mesh networking, which allow you to put these little nodes throughout your house so that you can you know, yeah. really have that internet everywhere. So if you've got Wi-Fi 6 mesh throughout your house, you're going to be able to, you know, seamlessly stream, you know, 4K content to devices while people are working, while people are gaming, while people are, uh, you know, doing whatever else they're doing without any interruption. It's also assuming that you've got a reasonably good, you know, Wi-Fi plan from your internet service provider. That's awesome. So, Alan, um, someone who wants to maybe understand the world of a gamer, uh, you know, what, what are people typically, how many hours are they spending a week and kind of what is the you know, typical age that you're finding of people coming into the store? Well, it really ranges, for, for ages, it really ranges all across, right? And it, from yeah. and that's, like I mentioned, there's that, that really basic, you know, uh, game to also the arcade games when i say arcade it's think of like the old school pac-man or galaga or some of these old ones and you know these got that the nostalgia factor that you could give them to you know your your parents or grandparents that that might have you know seen these games or at least picked them up for their kids at some point and you plug it in it works and it it, and it's simple so you're seeing a lot of especially during the holidays people are buying a lot of those nostalgia arcade games because they're, they're really simple it's very low cost and it's you know it doesn't require a big time commitment or it's easy you can just take it with you anywhere so you're getting those that are spanning the ages then you've got kind of the majority of people that i would say that are coming to, to best buy which would probably in that let's say that the teen years until like the into the 50s would be people that are looking to either get something for themselves or for someone within their their family and um you, you know a lot of that is like i said with the the that work, learn, create, play from home. You're seeing people trying to solve all of those needs or multiple parts of, of those needs. And people who used to be, you'd hear about content creators and someone's a content creator because you know, maybe they're doing a podcast or you know, maybe they're 
you know, streaming themselves on, on Twitch, or maybe they're, they're doing a, a baking thing on YouTube where they're showing how to you know, bake certain things. But what the, the pandemic has done is it's really pushed this content creation uh, ahead, I think, many years. And now almost everybody is content creating. And, and what I mean by that is if you're working from home, you should consider yourself a content creator because your, your, your work product that you're doing from home is content, right? Us streaming this, this interview is, is content, right? You know, when, I, when I'm meeting with my team through Teams, it's, it's content. So there's, everybody is becoming a content creator and it's, it's really kind of opened up that age span of, of who now needs to, to pick up these devices. So I think that was, that was a lot, but hopefully it kind of answered your question. <laughs> Oh, I like what you said there. Yeah, we're all becoming content creators. That's really insightful. And and do you have the right tools to do it? So I'm still surprised sometimes when people, uh, you know, professionals and C-suites are jumping on a Zoom call or a Teams call and the webcam is all wonky or the lighting's all wonky. And it's like, it's been a year now of having to be yeah. on this. So Yeah, you know, and that's the thing is with people spending more and more time within their workspace at home, they're, they're thinking of well, that the, the computer equipment became one of those first things, you know, okay, you know, look, I, yeah. I got to wrap my head around that. I'm going to invest, you know, 10 hours sit, sitting in, in my desk, uh, in my office. I need a computer. I need a webcam. I need a keyboard or a mouse or networking. Yeah. Those needs started to become fulfilled very quickly. But then the second thing that we started to see is the office equipment part. And, and that a lot of people might not have thought of Best Buy as the office equipment place, but we sell the desks and we sell chairs and we sell stands and other yeah. stuff. So a lot of people started to realize, you know what, this chair that I've got at home isn't as comfortable as a chair I might have had at my office. I need to get a new chair. So people upgrading their chairs, getting you know, better lumbar, lumbar support or, or other adjustments that make it so that they can sustain sitting in their work environment for a longer period of time or a desk with more space. So, this, so that's just the, the, the basics of it. But then the, the next step of it is, you know, lighting in your office environment might not have been as good. So you, you might need lighting. Yeah. Exercise equipment is one we also saw really take off. Like right away, sure, there's the exercise fanatics that just, you know, can't go to a gym. So they need exercise equipment in their house. But also people now that are working from home yeah. don't have that time to, you know, maybe go elsewhere so you know there's things like you know pull-up bars or push-up bars or um, you know simple dumbbells or um, exercise bikes we sell all that stuff online and we've seen the demand spike like crazy as people are are getting those devices to put into their office you got you know 15 minutes or half an hour between your next uh, meeting you can quickly go in and, and get in a little workout before you jump in and i, I think this is going to actually lead to people being healthier than they might have been before. I know it has been for me. I found it really tough sometimes to try to get a workout in, you know, in between commuting to work and back. And, and But now it just, uh, it seems a lot easier to try to, to fit that in whenever you get a break in between meetings. That's awesome. Well, congrats. That's great. Yeah. What, what's your go-to exercise these days? Uh, push-ups and pull-ups and uh, dumbbells. <laughs> nice. All the devices I bought from Best Buy uh, this past uh, couple of years actually that's great okay and alan i need to know what's your go-to games i know you got call of duty what else are you playing these days that you're you're loving well i've been playing cyberpunk 2077 i haven't put much time into it because it is uh you know a, a long story mode game and i, I find i just don't have a ton of time for it i play, was played through some crisis remastered i, I kind of like some of the remastered games because they're the games that i liked when i was you know, younger and so i put some of that in Dying Light is also a game I've put some time back in because uh, you know there's an upgraded version of that that, uh, that looks fantastic, and I, I kind of like that type of game. Ghost Recon, uh, Point Break, uh, really like that one. Whenever I get a chance, I try to play that one a little bit as well because it's, um, you know, it's a game I find as well that you can play it for 15, 20 minutes, and 
within the story mode and then save it and be done. And so you don't have to necessarily commit to hours uh, at a time. So I got more games than I got time to play, unfortunately. Well, that's great. Well, Alan, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for giving us a kind of a, a 101 in introduction to the gaming world. And for those that uh, don't know it, now you know. For those that want to know more about it, Alan, this was great. A great kind of understanding of this, uh, I think, massive, massive industry that I think most of us don't even realize how big it is. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is an absolute pleasure to, to talk to you about uh, uh, a topic that's uh, very uh, near and dear to my heart. Well, if you've been inspired or interested, uh, check out your local Best Buy. Uh, talk to a blue shirt. They are very helpful, and they can uh, walk you through any kind of uh, computer needs. Uh, and then yeah, this is great. Uh, also education for me, the difference between the console and the PC and the options that you have. So it's great to know. Awesome. We'll see everyone next right. time on Marketing News Canada. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded at the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editor, Travis Jeffers. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.